movies, and a rap. This piece is banging, y'all! Movies, and a rap. And a rap. And a rap. Movies, movies. Move, move, movies, and a rap. Yes, you're very welcome back to Movies and a Wrap, where we talk movie news, reviews, what's new, and we finish with a 60-second wrap. I'm your host, Alex Gogarty, and you're very welcome to the show, to episode 6, episode numero 6. It has been a big week, big week in the Movies and a Wrap world, because we are number 3. Movies and a Wrap is the official number 3 uh, podcast in Ireland in the category Film Reviews. Uh, thank you, thank you very much. No, thank you, thank you, thank you, because you listen to this podcast, so you have made it number three. Now, I'm, uh, I, I'm taking this with a massive, massive spoon dipped in a jar full of sack of salt because one, I received this information from someone named Carlos from Podstatus.com, unsolicited email into the movies and rap inbox. That's movies and rap at gmail.com if you want to get in touch. He purportedly comes from a website that tracks and monitors podcast performance across multiple providers like apple podcasts and he said hey alex your podcast is doing really well number three in film reviews in ireland i think number 30 in film and tv in ireland and number like 200 in film reviews or film and tv in the uk so one it didn't come from apple podcasts two let's say it is true and i'm number three how many are there i don't know maybe there's only five of us so i mean that's still but it's still brilliant still super happy Talk about misleading. I don't know if you guys know the game Quiz Up, the app, where it's essentially a like head-to-head quiz you do in an app in your on your phone, randomly matched with someone in a category of your choice. There's I think there's hundreds of categories and everything from you know general knowledge, maths, I don't know, geography to very specific categories, like for example, Batman comics, something of great interest to myself. And you can see your rankings in your location, in your country, globally, etc. But in certain niche categories in Ireland, there were so few people playing. So I remember three, two or three years ago, I was playing this a lot and I played Batman comics, comics in general, something else. And there was like literally eight people in Ireland playing it. So after playing and winning a couple of games, I was ranked first in Ireland. And did I put that on my LinkedIn? Yes, I did. Ranked first in Ireland for superhero comics and Batman comics. You can go to my LinkedIn. It's literally there. So so perhaps is this another instance of the same am i third of five i don't know it doesn't re- reveal the full data set so we're, as i said let's take it with that big dollop of salt himalayan or otherwise but um, i'm happy it's nice it's a nice boost to get will i be signing up to carlos's service undefined as it is no i, sh- I shall not i didn't even reply to him but uh, thank you um carlos for that fantastic information other piece of news in the movies and a rap world. We are doing this in seasons, baby. We're episode six of ten. Season one will end after ten episodes, with season two to resume uh, at some point this summer, perhaps July. Ten episodes a season. We're not doing any of this twenty-five episodes a season nonsense. The OC lost seasons one to three, etc. No, don't have time for that. We're all past that. I think as a society, we are past the time when there was more than 20 episodes in a season or something. Now, 10 is even a lot. Normally, it's like six or eight. So 10 episodes, season one, kind of anthology style, like True Detective or The Sinner, where it's like 10 episodes, and then it's another season. Well, in those cases, in an anthology, it does like change location and storyline. Mine will not be different in any way. (laughs) It'll be the same person, me, same content, same name. 
but uh, 10 episodes every season, that's probably the only similarity there. So thank you for coming along on the ride thus far. I hope you've been enjoying. Let's get to number two. Let's get to number one. And let's get to some news. What are we doing today? We're chatting through some movie news, of course. We are going to review a couple of films, two in fact, two nominated for Best Picture Oscar this year. We're going to look through the hottest releases to streaming in the last week or so. And we're going to finish, of course, with a 60-second wrap. Before we do that, we are going to read a couple of letters. What's with all these letters, man? Okay, letter numero uno from my good friend Kieran Gaff. Gaffney, thanks for getting in touch, Gaff. Gaff says, hello, I have a question for you that I'd like to include in this letter. Very matter of fact, I enjoy it. Do you find it curious and or unrealistic that characters in a movie and TV show almost never have the same name? What do you think the argument is for not naming characters with the same name? I think it is extremely unrealistic, and to be honest, I cannot unsee this as being a major flaw in the development of film slash TV. How many Alexes do you know? Moreover, how many G-bangers do you know? Very few, surprisingly. I can't deal with the lack of reality represented in film. Help, all the last of which was capitalised. Kieran, thank you very much for getting in touch, Gaff. You raise an extremely fair point. That's very true. They always have unique names. All the friends and friends have unique names. In every film, they have unique names. I imagine the reason being because it's just easier to distinguish people. Like in my class in secondary school, for example, I'm Alex Gogarty and there's also an Alex Gleason. And so two Alex G's who also alphabetically sat beside each other. Shout out Gleason, by the way, if you're listening to this. And that just made things inconvenient at times. So I imagine we want to avoid those situations when we can name the characters ourselves. Like, for example, The Fellowship of the Ring, Frodo Baggins. If there was another character called Frodo Boggins, it would be very easy to confuse them. Samwise Gamgee and Samwise Gordon. They don't, and as a result, they don't have similar names. Now, I can think of one instance where they do have, they are named the same. The film Heathers. If you guys like Clueless or Mean Girls, Heathers is the OG, amazing high school flick about popular girls and getting revenge against them, etc. And the popular girls are called the Heathers because I think there's three of them called Heather and then there might be another one as well. That, I suppose, does lend itself to the film because then you can actually categorize them all together because like, oh, they're the Heathers. They're all called Heather and they're all the popular girls like the plastics in Mean Girls. But for the most part, they do avoid that gaff. Um, And it isn't realistic because, you know, people do have the same name. If you were to set a film in a... South Dublin Private School, for example, you would have to name every second male student Jack and every female student either Sorsha or Isabel. It would just have to be one of those two things. And you could also name a cool side character, Alex, who is easy to get on with, um, like nice guy, good looking, very cool. Uh, self-conscious about his body and finds it easier to talk to girls than guys like that kind of archetype like you can include that as well if you want so Gaff well pointed out great letter thank you very much for getting in touch next letter and this has the best subject line of any letter I've received thus far movies and a WAP W-A-P in brackets wonderfully Alex podcast from Jack Connolly Jack writes dear Alex to begin happy birthday to you thank you very much that was last week thank you Jack the first time I've ever sent well wishes to someone about their anniversary on this earth over email I'll send a fruit basket next time how thoughtful oh how I have reveled in listening to your podcast each week my favourite time of year is not Christmas not hashtag May the 4th or even two for one chicken chicken fillet rolls at Spar it is the Oscars how well timed that a whimsical and ever so informative podcast come into my life with the news about what's to come reviews on what's to avoid and reminders about Oscar movies I still need to watch Jack how beautifully written I might actually steal that for the blurb of this podcast 
Just when we thought the podcast was complete, you throw a cherry on top with your Gonzaga head boy meets lyrical whiz rap. It ends the podcast on a high. Thank you. Interesting melange. That's true. I do have one question for you. What movie made you cry the most? Keep doing your thing. Much love, Jack. Jack, excellent question. I'll give you a few examples here. The, the film, even though you didn't ask, the first film I remember crying at was uh, My Girl, if you've seen that. Spoiler alert, little boy in it. He's like seven goes into a woods to find the, a ring that his friend lost and is allergic to bees, gets stung by loads of bees and dies. And I remember seeing that when I was six or seven and clearly bawling my eyes out because it's not like it, a like Bambi, for example, where it's a cartoon world or some kind of magical world or, I don't know, even real people but happening in animation. This is it was hardcore. This is like a very credible threat to me as a six or seven-year-old and seeing in on screen a little boy literally dead in a world very similar to our own with threats very similar to what exists in real life. So I remember crying a lot at that. Didn't cry at that very many films. Again, that one really took it out of me until I remember crying in 2010 to Toy Story 3. I went to see that with my good friend Tim Wise. Shout out Timbo Slice and his parents. And I remember like not wanting them to see me seeing me crying obviously because it's super embarrassing and like you know when you can't laugh in class and then it just makes you want to laugh more it was the same kind of thing i was like i should not be crying here and then it was making me (laughs) weep even more another time very recently i saw the film baby teeth and the last scene had me d-e-d dead i was weeping at that film oh my yeah you should watch that it's class if anyone wants to watch great film on netflix baby teeth but the end is very sad but the to answer your question in a roundabout way, the film that made me cry the most is none other than 2014's Interstellar. Yes, it's a space movie. Because I remember this so vividly. Well, it wasn't that long ago. It was after a festival, so electric picnic or one of those. And it was like the next day at home. And I was in bed watching Interstellar on my laptop. And there's a particular scene where Matthew McConaughey has been away on this particular planet for like five minutes. But on Earth, like 20 years has passed. And so he goes back, gets back to his ship and he sees all these messages have come through, video messages from his kids who he left like five minutes ago and they were kids. And then in that intervening period, they've aged like 20 years. And he's watching all these videos of them growing up. Starts with him smiling and laughing at them. And then he starts crying. And then I was watching it. I was obviously so shook. And like I was to say my shoulders were heaving. I was weeping at that. Oh my God, I was was mirroring him. He was smiling and crying. I was smiling and crying. I could not handle it. And to to this day, that's the most I've ever cried, hands down, ever cried at a film. So yeah, the film I've cried the most at is Christopher Nolan's sci-fi epic, Interstellar. Jack and Gaff, excellent letters. If you would like to get in touch, please do. I mentioned earlier, moviesandarap at gmail.com or DM the Instagram. It's at moviesandarap on Insta. Let us move to the next segment of the show, which is news. News, news, news. Okay, let's go straight into it. This is Empire reporting that Netflix is financing two Knives Out sequels from writer-director Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson, not sure how that's pronounced. I love this news. Knives Out came out a couple of years ago with Daniel Craig and a ridiculous ensemble cast. A kind of whodunit murder mystery in the vein of kind of Agatha Christie novels or a classic like Murder on the Orient Express kind of vibe. So Netflix were apparently in a bidding war to get the sequels to this film and have reportedly spent over $400 million to buy the rights to these two films, an exclusive deal with the director, Ryan Johnson. This is brilliant. I think this is great. The film itself was was very good. Let's get more of this kind of original content instead of like franchises or animations, like actual original writing and whodunits. Absolutely love it. 
he spoke about wanting to revive like a very popular previous genre which would be the whodunit and it reminds me a little bit of pizza in dublin in the last two years has just come out of nowhere again it's not a new genre of food it's it's very old as old as italia but for whatever reason the last two years all these new little pizza places have popped up and now pizza's all the rage it's cyclical same with donuts all it takes is someone to rediscover something that was really popular and say oh yeah i'll just make one of those things again so the same is true in this case what needs to be done next i'm not sure what i would love is kind of in this similar vein kind of like hard-boiled detective noir bringing that back like kind of raymond chandler the big sleep kind of thing like chinatown where it's like a detective and the voiceover says she came into my office and she was looking amazing yet her eyes looked at evil <laughs> i don't know but you know that kind of that's not even how they talk but that I, that is a genre i would i would love to see revisited it's hard to do in modern day though not it, ryan johnson did a very good job in knives out it's in modern it's set in the modern day who done it yet often technology gets in the way these days because like so much of the mystery would immediately be undone because we've so much access to technology he managed to get around that quite well in a hard-boiled detective film set in the modern day the, the actual investigation would be over very quickly it's like i need you to find my husband okay detective goes online finds his ip address there he is boom film's over after six minutes boring but some classic ones from set in the 60s 50s 30s i'm all for it fair play to ryan rian i don't know i don't know how it's pronounced guys and looking forward to those sequels and next piece of news phoebe waller bridge is joining the next indiana jones film pwb featured in the very first episode of movies and a wap for also being announced as starring in the Mr. and Mrs. Smith reboot with Donald Glover. Who will she be playing? We don't know, but I'm very excited for it. She is really having her moment in the sun. What I am glad about is that she is clearly like equally pursuing writing and acting because she's been announced in so many kind of major acting roles, yet, as we know, also contributed writing to the Bond film and is an incredible writer and comedian. So to see her doing so well on both fronts is fantastic. Will this make it better than the previous Indiana Jones? One would bloody hope so. And the Crystal Skull, the last one. So bad, guys. So bad. And this is coming from a guy who loves Indiana Jones. But everything she touches, for the most part, seems to turn to gold. So this is very welcome news indeed. That's all the news bites for this week, gang. Let us move to the next section, reviews. Movie and TV reviews. 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 Reviews time is correct. We are reviewing two films this week. As I mentioned, Minari and Promising Young Woman, both of which are nominated for the Oscars for Best Picture. You may be wondering why I didn't spend too much time in the BAFTAs. There are so many awards around this particular time of year that... It, we would just be doing news on awards every single week and most of them as i mentioned before on this podcast are super superfluous unnecessary much like my email from carlos unsolicited so we will hold off on reporting on awards as a whole until the oscars later on this month but this but these two films have been nominated for pretty much everything and have won quite a lot let's start with start with minari so before I even talk about it, actually, I have a correction to read sent in from Calvin Wright Dolan a couple of weeks ago on the Instagram. Calvin writes, since I'm in Korea, I feel I got to call you out on your pronunciation of Minari should be like Minari, 
Minari. I actually don't remember how I pronounce it. Uh, pronunciation has not been my strong point on this podcast this week or ever before. But Calvin, uh, thank you very much for pointing that out and for recommending it. He went on certainly to recommend it very strongly. And it was brilliant. It is a very simple film. I think it's set in about the, probably the 80s in the US following a Korean family who have emigrated to America in the film itself. They have actually just recently moved to Arkansas from California, father, mother, and their two young kids. It's them trying to set up a farm and kind of make it in rural America. It's lovely. It's it's pretty simple, kind of like a family portrait, I suppose. Almost kind of very easy to just watch and sit, drink in. Brilliant acting from the kids especially, but they are also joined later on, partway through the film, by the grandmother of the family, played by Yoo Young, Jung Yun, and she's nominated for Best Act, Best Supporting Actress at the Oscars. Stephen Yun, who plays the patriarch of the family, he's nominated for Best Actor. It was really good. It does remind me in a little bit, in a way, a little bit of like Nomadland, in that it's like there's certainly more of a plot in Minari than there is in Nomadland. But similarly, it's quite compact. It's very much textures and kind of like emotions and feelings as opposed to like this kind of rigid of this happened and this happened and this happened very much like an ambiance then like a traditional i don't know drama it was lovely it would be nice to see it do well first of all it would be the second south korean film in a row to do well after parasite won last year also just because it doesn't have to be like this crazy hard-hitting story or like a historical event put into film or some crazy body transformations or something to get recognized or something really quirky off the wall it's just like a simple portrait of a south korean immigrant family trying to make it in america and it would be nice to see it get recognition so i give it an 8 out of 10 i will give my power rankings of all the best picture nominees i've watched thus far but it was really good now if we move to a more plot driven film promising young woman very 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 different very different indeed promising young woman stars Harry Mulligan as a 30-year-old woman who at the beginning of the film is pretending to be she goes to clubs goes to bars pretending to be really really drunk and then is invariably taken home by guys looking to take advantage of her and then she immediately reveals that she's sober and that's all I could probably review without revealing too much of the plot but it's very good I suppose you could call it a black comedy a dark comedy I would would probably just call it a very dark thriller it's at times very funny but it is a tough watch it's it's very grim much like I mean a lot of the events that that probably that, that it's based on and like real life really to be honest but it is uh, it's really really impactful not something I would watch casually if I'm if I'm being honest with you. But something I would 100% recommend, Carrie Mulligan is unbelievable in it. When I first watched Nomadland months ago, I was like, okay, Frances McDormand, she's got it wrapped up. She's definitely going to win Best Actress. Now, I'm not so sure. It's got to be a shootout between the two of them. She is absolutely class. Carrie Mulligan, I definitely, definitely recommend it. Probably not as good as balanced as maybe some of the other nominees. There are some plot things that are a little bit too ridiculous. And it's, yeah, it, it goes sometimes at a bit of an uneven keel, but it's it was really, it really, really impactful. So definitely recommend, probably 7.5. I've now watched, I think, four or maybe five of the nominations. Sound of Metal is still my number one. I would love to see that do really well. It probably won't. Nomadland, I still think, is the one that's going to sweep up. These two we reviewed this week. I think the remaining two are Judas and the Black Messiah and The Father. So we'll come back to those next time. But I recommend them both, guys. Opposite sides of the spectrum. If you want something kind of chill and nice, quaint little film, watch Minari. If you want something hard-hitting and gripping, promising young woman, watch that shit. Now let's go to the next section. What's new, Pussycat? New releases, that is. 
Okay, guys, what's new? What has come to streaming? What should we be keeping an eye out for, keeping our eyes on? First one, up top. There's no way you can stop the skull of rock. <laughs> that is my actual attempt at hitting a falsetto. School of Rock is now on Now TV and Prime, Amazon Prime. More so than any other film do I know the words to School of Rock. Is that how I should... Is that how you say that? I should say I know the words and the lyrics. <laughs> Start again. Reep, 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 rewind. I know School of Rock better than any film that I know in my life, except for maybe Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. You can pause School of Rock at any point, and I will tell you what the next line is. I've watched that so many times, including, again about a month ago. It is unreal. It's one of the best films ever made. <laughs> That's no exaggeration. And it's now on Amazon Prime and Net TV. Watch it again. If you've seen it loads of times, watch it again. If you've never seen it before, watch it. And then the next day, watch it again. Unbelievable. Great film. Also on Prime, a more serious recommendation, Sound of Metal. I just spoke about it. It is my favorite of this year's Oscar nominations. It just went on to Amazon Prime in Ireland. Watch it. It's really good. Riz Ahmed playing a metal drummer who starts losing his hearing. It's brilliant definitely check that out and also on prime american hustle great quite different film about hustlers in the states in like the 70s i think from david o russell david o russell as a director has some absolutely ridiculous records for like actors that have starred in his films that have been nominated for oscars so off the bat i mean american hustle best actor best actress best supporting actor best supporting actress had all four nominations i think then either before or after that, before that Silver Linings Playbook had all four as well. Before that, he had The Fighter and Christian Bale won for that and other people got nominated. I mean, Outrage is apparently a bit of an asshole as a man, but has a is able to get the best set of actors apparently. But American Hustle, like it a lot. On Netflix, Thunder Force is grabbing all the headlines. Well, it's just in my Netflix recommended, recommended a lot. Apparently not very good. I don't think I'll be watching it. But A Star is Born was just put back back on Netflix. So that would probably be the pick of Nettie. That is all for what's new. Let's go to the final segment. Now it's time for a wrap. No, seriously. No, I'm serious. It's wrap time. Yes, it is the end of the podcast. And that means it's time for a wrap. As always, my thanks to the artist Sixth Sense for the Do What It Do instrumental. That forms the basis of the opening credits. And also my thanks this week to Young Carts for this instrumental track called Countryside. I hope you enjoy. <clears throat> Film is ageist, everyone knows. And also sexist, that shit blows. Liam Neeson is 69, minus one. Now that's a rhyme. Film is ageist, that's the truth. And also sexist, that shit uncouth. Film is magic, but makes you sob. Just ask the Brits, those bloody snobs. Walking around without a solid foundation. Need to make a change by making change to education. Mystery is solved without a need for imitation. Just don't put me in charge of any name pronunciation. Movies and a rap is like the shepherd to your flock. Ranked at number three and we won't stop until we're top. Watching my girl as an infant put me into shock. There's no way you can stop the mother loving school of rock. Yes, thank you very much. That is it. That was just me trying to do my bit to tackle ageism and sexism in Hollywood. I hope you enjoyed, and I hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you did, please, if you could leave a review on Apple Podcasts, that's brilliant. We got to number three. We could go even higher. Who knows? And um, also, if you could just share this podcast with 
anyone you know, that would be absolutely brilliant. I hope you enjoyed and we'll be back next week. Thank you.